0: morning big 10 fans welcome back to another edition of the big 10 morning minutes i'm your host michael chen you can find me on the twitter machines at mike f chen go ahead and follow the show site as well at big 10 it is thursday january 16th 2020 and yesterday saw some movement along players and coaches we'll start off with the biggest player news yesterday and that's coming out of evanston and tj green if you remember what happened to tj green in the first game of the season of against Stanford Green suffered a season-ending ankle injury unfortunate for Green because between him and Hunter Johnson when they split time during the game it seemed as if Green had a little bit more command of the offense and we all know the offensive woes that Northwestern had this year clearly firing their offensive coordinator making a move and now the big news is that Green has been given a sixth year of eligibility by the NCAA this is absolutely huge because like I just stated Green looked like he was more competent in running Pat Fitzgerald's offense. And now there's going to be a real quarterback competition. You're going to have Hunter Johnson along with Green battling it out for that number one spot. And again, to me, Hunter Johnson, I thought he was going to come in seamlessly just take it over and bring the Wildcats an offense that they haven't seen in a very, very long time. And unfortunately, For Johnson, that five-star billing might have seemed like he was overrated just a tad bit, just a little. But the big news is that clearly Green will return for his final year, his sixth year, and hopefully Northwestern has a semblance of an offense because that's exactly what they were missing this past season. If they were able to put up an offense, they probably would have won a couple more games this year and potentially made a bowl game. So, It's good to see that. Uh, Clearly, the defense was good enough, but like I said, the offense just not quite there. Ohio State's losing defensive end Alex Williams to the transfer portal. Williams was a tweener. They weren't sure what he was going to be. Kind of wanted to get him on campus and see what he was, how his body was going to fill out for the Buckeyes and Ultimately, uh, Williams just didn't fit in their future plans, and he saw it that way as well. And Williams will be moving on. J.K. Dobbins, before getting drafted, sometime next within the next two months. Uh, I mean, technically, he's not getting drafted in the next two months to the war. He's going to get drafted to the NFL in April. But you're looking at Dobbins is the winner of the Earl Campbell a Tyler Rose Award, so it's a, a nice little award to exit on. Although he didn't win any of the national awards, he was still recognized. He was one of the better players in the conference as well. And, you know, Dobbins, there's a little chip on his shoulder as well. I think that he wants to show a lot of NFL teams that his hands are better than what he showed in the college football playoff game. So a good, nice little award as Dobbins leaves and makes his way off to the NFL. Michigan State's Mark Antonio is about to get a 4.3 million dollar bonus today. Yep, you heard that right, 4.3 million dollars for a coach that has just recently managed to get his team to a 27 and 24 record since he signed his new deal. Yeah, that sounds like he's deserving of a bonus. Hell no. Mark D'Antonio has been on the downturn. The Spartans haven't really been competitive these last three to four years, and I don't know what is going on in East Lansing. He's a, been a great coach. He's winning winningest coach in the history of the program, but to me, that doesn't mean anything. It's about what have you done for me recently, and recently three games over 500, that's not going to do it. I mean, he signed his new deal coming off of an appearance in the college football playoff. And since then, they've basically been a 500 team and a huge deal too. A gigantic buyout. That might be part of the reason why they're going to give him this bonus today because the buyout was very large. And by paying him this, the buyout decreases significantly. So, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye out on what happens in East Lansing with Mark D'Antonio, but uh, a, a coaching change at this juncture right now just doesn't make sense to me. I think a coaching change potentially early on in the season or at the end of the season of next year would make more sense, but we'll see. But e- either way, D'Antonio, is, his bank account is increasing by two commas today. Ugh unbelievable how he gets a huge bonus like that all right so yesterday I mentioned that Michigan's Anthony Campanelli he's probably going to stick around well I was way wrong on that one Campanelli yesterday took a job with the Miami Dolphins he's going to be an assistant coach there a role is to be determined but he's moving on after just one season with Michigan and he was an up-and-comer It seemed as if he was really making his waves. Clearly, the NFL fought the same way. And so Campanelli's moving on, and Jim Harbaugh's going to have to find a replacement for him. Minnesota has found their new defensive line coach in Cincinnati's Chad Wilt. Wilt was just at Cincinnati for one year, previously at Army for a few years, after Jim Pagnos left for Rutgers and Speaking of Rutgers, they've added a linebackers coach in Bob Frazier to their staff. Uh, Frazier spent some time with the Pats, and he's notoriously followed Greg Schiano around in his coaching career. He was previously with Rutgers and then the Tampa Bay Bucks, and then while well, Shiano was at Ohio State for a little bit. So pretty interesting that Frazier kind of just grabs onto Shiano's coattails and rides it. But hey, you know what? If it works for Frazier and he's getting jobs, then hey, hell, keep it up. Couple mock drafts were dropped yesterday. A friend of the show, Eric Edholm, did a mock for Yahoo Sports, number two overall. No surprise here. Chase Young. Jeff Okuda goes three to Detroit at four. You've got Tristan Wirfs going to the Giants at sixteen. AJ Epinesa to the Falcons. Nineteen. At home has Tennessee selecting. At 29, Itur Gross Matos, KC, 31, picking JK Dobbins. And this one's an interesting one for me because Ed Holm has Damon Arnett going to the San Francisco 49ers, the Buckeyes defensive back. I haven't seen Arnett in any other first round mock, but hey, if Arnett is good enough to make it that high, good for him. Good for him because he flirted with potentially leaving off to the NFL last year. And decide to come back for another year and if he ends up as a first-round draft pick it seems as if he made the right decision but like I said I haven't seen Arnett in many other first-round mocks at Holmes is probably the first that I've seen but still if that holds true and good for Arnett I still see Arnett more of a day two second round potential third round pick but If all you need is one team to fall in love with you, just remember Tim Tebow was a first round draft pick by the Denver Broncos. Tim, MF, and Tebow. All right, moving on. CBS Sports' Chris Trapasso also did a mock draft. He's got Chase Young going to the same spot, Washington at two. Also, Jeff Okuda at three to Detroit. He's got Tristan Worfs falling a little bit lower to Cleveland at 10. He's got. A.J. Epinesa a little bit lower as well at Buffalo at 22. And then just one more other player in the first round for the Big Ten, and that's Jonathan Taylor going 26 to Miami. I think trepasso has got this one a little bit wrong. I don't know how he doesn't have Itor Grossmato in the first round. The only reason why I would say that Eitor Mato. Would potentially not be in the first round is because of the allegations that are coming out of Penn State right now, potential character issues with him. But aside from that, when you look at the talent, he's a first round talent. He should be drafted in the first round. And Tripasso, I think he's the first guy that I have seen that hasn't had him in the first round. All right, moving on to a little hardwood action yesterday Rutgers, surprising Rutgers gets a home win against the Hoosiers, 59 to 50. This one, again, it's a defensive battle. Rutgers is undefeated at home. Very, very impressive. Very impressive. They're doing some good things out at Rutgers that I said, you know, they have potential to make the NCAAs this year. Very, very good. It's a good job that has been done out there and you know you have to wonder what's going on with Indiana. They're good, not great. And to me, Indiana has kind of, you know, they're they're Jekyll and Hyde. They can be really good and they can be really bad. Uh Trace Jackson Davis has been kinda of off and I think he's the key to everything for the Hoosiers. Uh yeah, he had a bad game against Ohio State a couple of nights ago, but they ended up winning that game. He had another bad game here. He's their first round talent. He's their guy. And if Indiana needs to win, he's got to be doing it. He's got to start getting those big time games because if he scores more than four points and grabs more than six boards, a nine point difference, that's close. I think they would have you know, taken over the game. However, on Rucker's side, it was Ekwasi Yaboa scoring 14 points, adding seven boards, a couple steals. He was big, shot very, very well. And when you look at what Rutgers did, they put the clamps on Indiana, shooting from three. Indiana shot two of 19 from beyond the arc. Although Rutgers didn't shoot much better at 415, what they did do is they spread the ball around, and they were very effective from the rest of the field 23 or 49 total for a 40 almost a 47 percentage shooting Uh, again 50% from the free throw line I'm going to continue to harp on that there's a lot of big 10 teams that don't shoot free throws very well and that would be concerning for me going forward especially when you get into tournament time and points are so significant towards the end of the game the other Big Ten matchup yesterday was Penn State visiting Minnesota. And it seems like Minnesota is starting to hit their stride. They've won a couple games in a row now. They've gotten to 10-7 and 7 in the conference. Penn State falls to 12-5 and 5 with the 75-69 win for the Gophers. Uh, Lamar Stevens was very solid. 14 points and 4 boards. It was Seth Lundy... And Myron Jones leading the team for the Nittany Lions with 15 each. But again, you've got a starter in Jamari Wheeler who played 21 minutes, took one shot, didn't get to the free throw line, scored no points, and had four personal fouls. That's not going to get it done, especially from a guard position. And when you look at what he did, yeah, he dished out four assists and a steal, didn't turn the ball over, but. Got to be more effective than that, especially if you're a starter. And then over to the other side is Daniel Oturu again. And this guy almost suffered a horrendous injury in the last game, and it has just been phenomenal since then. He scored 26 points last night, had 14 rebounds, while Marcus Carr chipped in 27 points, 9 assists, and 6 boards, fairly close to a triple double. And here's the key, though. Again. Free throw shooting, 23 of 29 for Minnesota. They didn't shoot well from three, only 25%, 6 of 24. They didn't really shoot all that great from the field as well, 23 of 60. But what they did do is shot almost 80% from the free throw line, including Marcus Carr going 10 of 11, Oturo going 9 of 14. Yeah, that's going to do it. Free throw shooting is huge, and I know it's – just a little minute part of the game, but to get to the line, to get free points, to get your groove back, that's where I always, when I played basketball, and I was able to get to the free throw line and knock a couple down, you get that good feeling again, you remember the ball going through the basket, and then you get a little confidence and you're able to shoot a little bit better, it happens, it is what it is, but unfortunately for a couple of the Big Ten teams going on right now, free throw shooting is kind of trash and that's going to have to improve come March, and I'm not sure how much improvement that's actually going to make in season. That's something that sometimes it's just, it is what it is, and you have to work on these things off season, so it'll be interesting to see come tournament time if this ends up nipping some teams in the butt, because I could certainly see that. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. Follow the website too at Two Cents Pods. Give it a like on Facebook, Two Cents Pods over there. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Thursday, Big Ten fans. Talk to you tomorrow morning.